Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Uh, I'm glad 2019 is over. Uh, 2019 was a rough year full of all kinds of some difficult stuff, right? And um, I'm thankful that it is closed, and I'm looking forward to a brand new year. And I'm like, uh, there's uh, most of us here, we, we have some goals, and we've got some ideas, and some dreams, and some plans, and maybe even some resolutions. Anybody out there made some resolutions that you intend to keep for the new year? How many of you guys have already started on those resolutions? If you have made one, how many of you have already quit those resolutions? <laughs> you made, right? The, there, there, there's, that happens every year. And matter of fact, they say that you'll uh, typically quit them within the first 7 to 14 days. And uh, so know that, know that you're in uh, uh, well, company. I don't know if it's good company, but you're in company. You're the majority of the people that, that do that. But, but for me, I'm looking forward to a different kind of year. And if you're really looking forward, forward to a different kind of year, I would challenge you with this statement, that if you want to have the best year of your life, the, the way to do that is to have the best year of your life spiritually. That, that you are not a body that has a spirit. You are a spirit that possesses a body. And we tend to neglect our spiritual lives. We feed ourselves every day food. We, we want to make sure we breathe. We, we invest in ourselves and our pleasures and the things that we enjoy. But we, we miss out on the investment in the greatest part of our lives. And that's our spirit lives. That's, that's who we are. And so that's why I said if you want to have a great year, if you want to shift and transform what your year looks like, if you want 2020 to be the year that is way better than 2019 ever was, invest in your spirit life. You can't go wrong doing that. And, and I'm here as your pastor to take you on a journey to do that. In fact, I issued a challenge that I've issued many times before. I said, hey, g- give us a year of your life. And if you give us a year of your life, do everything that we do. In other words, make sure you're here on Sunday mornings, join a group, serve on a team here, come to all the events that we do, make sure you're here at prayer, like, like be part of what we're doing here, invest in your spirit, and, and I promise you that if you'll do that at the end of the year, your life will have changed completely, and if it doesn't, I'll help you find another church, and I'll go there with you, because we've lost it. That's how much I believe in what we're doing here, and what God has for you here at this church. I think it's important that you give attention to that. So, so I, my joy and my job is to take you on that journey, that year-long journey. And so we have series planned throughout this year to help you invest in your, in your spirit, to grow you intentionally in that way. And we're going to start off with this series with a, a subject called It Is Written. We're going to talk all about your Bible. But we're also starting off with 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you guys are excited for the fast? Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. So 21 days of prayer and fasting starts today. If you didn't know, you can still join us. I would love for you to do that. Um, You're encouraged to do that. If you don't know much about prayer or much about fasting, I'll give you two quick resources and we'll jump into today's topic. But there is prayer guides that are available at the Connect Center. You can pick one up that will help you grow in your prayer life for this 21 days. Uh, But there's also resources for fasting. Fasting, you can fast foods, you can fast you know, caffeine, coffee, you can fast whatever you want to, but the, whatever it is you fast, television, social media, whatever it is you fast, the intent is to, 
to deny yourself something so that you can engage in something spiritual. That's the point, is to turn your attention towards spiritual things, and I think it's really important. We do this at the beginning of the year to let God know that we are prioritizing our spiritual lives. Amen, everybody? And so 21 days of prayer and fasting, if you're just finding out about it, is a great way to set the, the precedent for the rest of your year. So, so join us. Do something. Uh, if you need a resource, you can go to our website, mysimplechurch.com slash prayer, and there's some information on what we're doing as a church through prayer, and then there's some resources for fasting there, uh, as this message is not going to be all about that. So, so join us for that. And the way we're going to help you through this time of the 21 days is we're going to post daily prayer focuses online, uh, and then we're going to gather together on Saturday mornings right here at 9 a.m. to pray together from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, anybody excited about that? I mean, I, I know I'm excited about that. Yeah, thanks. Wow. All right. <clears throat> So, so join us for that. Now, prayer is super important, but here's what prayer is. Prayer is about when we talk to God. Reading the Bible is when God talks to us. So if, I were to, if you were to say, Aaron, which one? If, you, if, you, if, if there was a gun being held to your head and you said, oh, I can only choose one, I would tell you to choose reading the Bible because when you get into God's word, God's word gets into you. And I think that's the most important thing that you need in your life is God's word in your heart. And my goal through this entire series is to help you love God's word, to help you learn God's word, and ultimately so that you can live it out. That, that is my joy and my job, and I'm going to do that on this next four uh, Sundays. I'm going to help you learn to love God's word. So let's jump right into it. Here is our verse for today. It's in, in John 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, if you're reading this in the Bible, on our screen up here, the, everything's capitalized, but in your Bible, that word, Word, is actually capitalized. And it seems odd and out of place unless you understand that John is writing about Jesus. He's saying, In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. But he's using that word, word, there to mean something. Because at, up until this point, you know, they didn't have a Bible. They had the Torah, which, it, which was the law and the prophets. You know, they had everything that Moses wrote. But even, you know, before Moses, there wasn't anything, right? There wasn't anything written. They didn't have a, a printed Bible. They had oral traditions that they passed down. It was the spoken word. And so God understood that people were struggling to understand this as it was passed down year over year. And so here's what happened. People said, this is hard to understand. We were having trouble wrapping our heads around what this looks like to live out what you're saying here, God. And so Jesus steps onto the scene in John 1.14. It says, the word, which we know is Jesus, the capital, the capital letter W, or capital W, word, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So, so God's word, Jesus, comes and lives among us and shows us what it looks like. Showed us what it looked like to be a follower of God so we could understand what it looked like lived out. And Jesus made some claims about God's word, right? His, his word, the, the, the physical word. He said this, he said, the, the words that I have spoken to you, this is John 6, 63. He said, the words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Now, this is Jesus talking about the words that he's speaking, right? The, the, the words are with God and the words are God, but look at that. Look at this. He says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit, and this word spirit is originally written in the Greek. Your Bible, by the way, is written in Hebrew for the Old Testament. It's everything before Jesus, and then Jesus shows up on the scene, and everything's written in Greek. 
Because around that time, they said everybody spoke a little bit of Greek, and they wanted everybody to be able to read this, so it was written in Greek. And the, the word for the, for the Greek word for spirit is the word pneuma. And the problem with translating from one language to another oftentimes is that in another language, one word means like a whole bunch of things, like a word picture. And it would represent that. It would have a heart, more of a, a characteristic to it than just a singular meaning. But translators have difficulty translating this word pneuma into the English language. So they chose the word spirit so it would make sense. But what it really means is breath. And not just that, it means breath that has power within it to do what he just said. And you can see that's why they chose the word spirit in this sentence, right? Because the words I've spoken to you, they are breath and they are life. Well, that wouldn't make much sense to us. So they chose the word spirit here, but but it literally means that what God is saying, his word is, is breath and it carries power to do what he just said. That means that God's word is alive. There's power and life in his words. In fact, Hebrews backs that up. It says, for the word of God is living and active. Your Bible, because it's now the printed version of what was orally passed down, what God said, your Bible contains God's words, the spoken words, and they are alive and active, and there is power in them. I'll preach to myself. That's okay. Y'all can just sleep there if you want to. But, but the Bible's not just a historical book. It's, it's not just a good book. It's not just the good book. It's not filled with just nice stories with, about a good man. It is literally alive. That verse in Hebrews continues and says, It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. What that means is it's going to get all up in your business. That, that it, it will do it with surgical precision. Get up in your attitude, in your heart, in your emotions, in your mind, in your relationships, in your finances, in your future, your purpose, all of it. All of it. It'll get up, all up in your business. And here's what happens. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And because it can get all up in your business, you need to understand that's a good thing because that's the only thing that has power to change things is God's word. You can transform and change your very heart. So this is good news to, to discover that the Bible is alive, to discover that reading it allows God's power, access to your heart to transform it. Listen, when I was a kid, I remember discovering this. I, 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 my, when, I, when I was younger, uh, my house, I slept in the basement. I had a room down there. And it was my custom to open the, open the scriptures as a young man and just read. And I'm telling you, the days that Scripture would just come alive to me, the days that I, that I first realized that there was power in them, in them their words, I got excited. I'm telling you, there was days that I would come running up from the basement. Boom, bust open the door. My mom, who was just you know, busy working, she, she's a child care provider taking care of kids, would turn and look at me, and I'm like, Mom, do you know what's written in this Bible? Do you know that it says this? And she's like, my mom, who'd been saved the majority of her life, was just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are you not as excited as I am? And I'm just excited about God's word. I love God's word. I love what it has the power to do. And my hope is to pass on some of that love, some of that passion for God's word into your life, because I really believe that it will make a difference. I want it to come alive for you. 
Now, I know some of you might tell me, Aaron, I've tried to read the Bible. It's complicated. Maybe you feel like it's mundane or that it's difficult to read. Or you would even say, you know what, I don't really get anything out of it. And I get that. I absolutely get that. And I'm going to help you with that. In fact, it's my joy to do that. And I'm going to help you with, with, get it to understand it. And there's two ways I'm going to help you do that. First way I'm going to help you is understand theologically, like help you understand the theology, the theology of how to make the Bible come to life. And then I'm going to give you some practical steps. So let's jump into them. Here we go. The first thing, in order to make the Bible come alive, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. If you're not, go ahead and take notes today anyway, because you're going to need them, I promise. Faith activates the word. That's right. You got to have faith, faith, faith. You got to have faith. Guys, are, guys are, you guys, I'm telling you what, give you a little Christmas holiday break and y'all are... Y'all are quiet on me this morning. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. You got to have faith. Faith activates the word. Check it out. Faith is this belief. It's a supernatural attitude towards God and his word. You've got to have that in order for the word to come alive. Check it out. Hebrews 4.2 says, For we also have heard the gospel preached to us just as they did. So he's got two groups here. He said, we heard the gospel, and, and, he's, and the author of Hebrews is, is obviously had the gospel, the good news about Jesus, God's word made a difference in their lives. He said, we heard it, they heard it. He said, but the message they heard was of no value to them. And some of you, that's the situation. You're like, man, I'm just not getting much out of it. It's not really making a difference in my life. But he tells them why. He says why it was no value to them. He said, because those who heard it didn't mix it with something. They didn't combine it with faith. You gotta have faith. So, in other words, they heard the same thing that the author of Hebrews heard, but it didn't make a difference. There was no faith. And for some of you, that's your situation. You're like, Aaron, I'm not getting much out of my Bible, but I also don't have faith. So how do I get faith? I'm glad you asked. Here we go. Second thing. Revelation activates faith. So what you need is a revelation to get your faith going. You, you need to have this moment where you read the Scripture and it comes alive for you that, that it makes sense on the inside of you. For the most part, if you read scripture, it's good information, but you're, it didn't get, you didn't get anything from it. But there's a moment when you read it that it's like, aha, there it is, that it comes alive inside of me. Some of you have experienced this before. Those of you who have been reading your Bible for years, you can attest to this. You read a same verse that you've read a hundred times, and all of a sudden it means something to you. All of a sudden, it's something that touches you somewhere deep inside. And you're like, I've never seen that before. I've read it before, but I never saw it before. There's a great story in, in the Bible uh, about Mary, and I'll get to that in just a second, that, that demonstrates this. But, but you need to understand there's two ways that we see God's word. In the Bible, there's two words used for the word word. <laughs> Go with me here, word. Go with me. Two words, word, two words used for the word word, and the first word used for the word word is logos. Right, try being me. <laughs> it's logos. Logos means the written word. The heard or the written word is the word that we can understand, we can see it, like we, we get it. All right, I, I got it. But, but it's not making a difference in me. Then there's another word for the word word that they use called rhema. And this word rhema means revealed to you. And it's something that God does inside of you. He reveals it. It's that moment that things begin to click. 
And that's where we want to get to with God's word. We want to make it come alive to us. And so this story of Mary, Mary kind of flip-flops between the two, like most of us. Mary, this story of Mary, most of us know it because it's part of the Christmas story. But an angel shows up and starts talking to Mary and telling Mary, hey, by the way, you're going to get pregnant. And Mary's looking at the impossible, which we do on a regular basis. We look at scripture and we go, that's not possible for me. I'm not getting that. Other people have that. That's not my experience. I feel distant from that. And the angel, which by the way, if an angel showed up and started talking to me, A, I would pee my pants, and B, I would believe anything that they said. That's just me. Have you read how they describe angels in the Bible? They sound terrifying. Most people, when they see an angel, fall to their face, and the first thing an angel has to say to everybody is, fear not, because they're afraid. I'm serious. Read your Bible. It's there. So I think that it would happen in that order. I would pee, and then I would believe whatever they said. <laughs> What'd you get out of this morning? Well, Pastor Aaron pees pants, and um, I don't remember anything else. So the angel tells her she's going to get pregnant, but here's Mary's response. Check it out. Her response is, is much like ours. When the angel says, hey, you're going to get pregnant, she says, how will this be? I'm a virgin. So she's looking on the natural. She's, looking at, she's being told the impossible, and she lacks faith. She, she's looking at the logos, looking at it like, okay, well, I understand what you're saying, but how can that be? That, I, I, just don't, I just don't buy that. Here's what the angel says. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. In other words, it's going to be God's kid. He said, for no word from God will ever fail. Now, when you're reading this, you're reading it word. But again, the person who originally wrote it, the angel would have used the word, not logos, rhema. He said, there's no rhema that God will, that, that uh, no, for no rhema from God will ever fail. No revealed word from God will ever fail. That's why we need rhema word. We don't just want to read it. We want to experience it. And watch what happens with Mary. Mary makes a decision here and there, here and now. I'm the Lord's servant. She just accepts it. Whether she understands it or not is immaterial. I'm just going to accept it. I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. And when she accepts it, watch what happens. She has faith. The Bible says from here on out she was pregnant, right? And we know the rest of the story. She got that aha moment. And that, that revelation, that rhema took over in her heart. So how do you get it to come alive? How do you get God's word to come alive? We well, need faith. How do you have faith? You need revelation. So that begs the question, how do you get revelation? I'm so glad you asked. Here we go. Meditation activates Revelation. Meditation activates revelation. When it comes to God's word, just a dab won't do you. We want a quick little deal, right? We, we want to, okay, tell me the verse that you used. Okay, that's the verse that you used to get by this. Okay, so how many times a day do I need to say it? What do I need to, like we want process, we want a system, we want, you know, but, but, but a little dab's not going to do you. You, you. you need to get into your word. You need to read it. You need to talk about it. Do you think about it? Pray about it? Consider it? Maybe, maybe in your, your grow group, talk to your grow group about it. Maybe share with your team leads or your team members about it. Like, it, it has to be something that, that is considered that you're like, like, I'm thinking about this often. In fact, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 7 says this. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. That's how intense it is. 
Like, like don't stop talking about it. You, you should be talking about God's word. You should be talking about it with, with people around you. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, I like that. Do you know what meditate means? It's not, mom, you know, when you're sitting with your legs crossed. That's not what it is. The word meditate is actually, here's the word picture for it. It's like a cow chewing on its cud. If you don't know what that is, let me further help you. A, ch- a cow chews grass, and it stands around and chews it for a really long time. Because a cow's got nothing better to do than to work on becoming steak. You know what I'm saying? And it just says, I'm just kidding. So the, ca- the cow chews the grass, and then it swallows it and, then it, and then it, and then it vomits it back up in its own mouth and chews it again, getting some more nutrients out of it, swallows it, brings it back up and chews it again, and, sw- and, and, and they, they just repeat this process. It's called chewing their cud. It's so gross. So gross. But that's what the word meditate, that's, the, that's what it means. So when we think about if we're to meditate on God's word, what does that mean? Well, it means we're talking about it. We're, we're ruminating. We're thinking about it, considering it, chewing on it over and over and over again. And watch what happens. If we're willing to do that, he says, then you'll be prosperous and successful. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to have a prosperous and successful year. Anybody else want to have that? I want my 2020 to be that, and I want that for you. And so if you want that, what has to happen from here on out is you need to build a life with a foundation that is God's word. That, that's simply what needs to happen. And, and I'm going to help you with that the next couple Sundays, but let me share with this key verse. And, and when we're talking about our Bible, by the way, there are translations of the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into English, and there, there are multiple translations that theologians have done, you know, NLT, NIV, KJV, NKJV, and they all mean something. And they, each of the translators chose specific words that differ from the other at different times, and more often than not, it's, it's about the language of the day that's being used. But, but this one is actually a paraphrase. And this is a theologian and pastor who read God's word and said, I'm going to put it in my own words. So here, here's what it is. This is Jesus talking, Matthew 7. And it says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. In other words, they're not just nice to have. It, it, you're not homeowner improvements to, to your standard of living. They are foundational words. That means they're important. They're words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Now, the verse goes on to say that that when the storms come, if your house is built on the solid rock, then you have a solid foundation, which is God's word, that when the storms of life come, then you'll weather the storms. But it also talks about unwise carpenters, those that would build their house on the sand, when I was in Sunday school, we used to sing, sing a song about this. <laughs> Foolish man built his house upon the sand. You guys are big fans of that. I'll just stop that right now. <laughs> but the, but the, the foolish person that would build their house on a poor foundation, that when the storms of life come, the, their house would go crisp flat. That's how the song went anyway. But you know what I'm talking about. They don't weather the storms without a firm foundation. So how do we build a firm foundation? There's three things. Here we go. First one is, when it comes to God's word, you got to accept its authority. It must be supreme, top. It doesn't matter what, what culture is saying right now about how to live your life. God's word is true. And by the way, God's word isn't changing just because culture is shifting. Just because they start saying that something that hasn't been okay for a long time is now okay doesn't mean that it's okay. You can't explain it away. 
You don't get to change the words that are there. God wrote this handbook for our life, and he gave it to us, and we wrapped it in leather and called it a Bible. But, but, but it's not changing. It has to be supreme no matter how we feel, no matter what we want, no matter. It must be supreme. And that's the attitude that we have to view God's word. This is true. Even when my feelings feel more true than God's word, God's word is still true. I think a lot of us approach it like it's a good book. It's got good sayings in it, good way to live your life if you like that. But we don't approach it like it's supreme, but that must be the way that we approach it. If we don't approach God's word like it's supreme, then the rest of what I'm going to tell you to do doesn't, just doesn't even matter. It's it just, it just not going to work for you. It simply won't work. And I know the pushback on accepting God's word as supreme is because people are like, well, I don't understand it. And I'm going to tell you why you don't understand it, because you're not God. If you understood everything that God understood, that would make you him, and you're not him. I'm not him. I would be a terrible God. I say that all the time, and you would too. We, we would be terrible in that role. We're never going to understand everything that God desires for us or has designed for us completely. That's why we have to just accept it up front. And the understanding that you desire, that, that you want up front, you're not going to get it there. You'll get it as you accept it. Let me show it to you in Scripture. <clears throat> Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, We also thank God continually because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it. Now, that word accepted in the Greek is the word dekomai. I'm painting beautiful word pictures with you. I know I don't typically do this, but it's really important that you understand that, that the Bible has big explosive things to say here that you accepted it. That word accepted is the word dekomai. Dekomai means that you accepted it or invited it in like a stranger. In other words, you didn't know it. You didn't fully understand it, but you accepted it. He says, and when you, because, so he said, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is the word of God. They weren't even fully, fully sure that it was the word of God, but they accepted it as if it was, which is at work in you who believe. He's saying, because you accepted it, now it can be at work in you. So if you want God's word to be at work in you, you need to accept it. And you need to accept its authority that it literally is God's word, that it is supreme. Second thing you got to do is you got to live out its truths. You got to live out its truths. Now, I'm going to use a word that probably scares some people, especially when it comes to church. But I'm basically talking about assimilation here. Assimilate, must assimilate. It's not, very, it's not robotic, but we think of it that way. But assimilation is, is just to become like something. We, we have to become like God's truth. We have, and, and how do we do that? We have to make our lives match that pattern. Well, well the way we do that is we got to get into God's word. We got to understand his ways for our life. Like if you want what God offers, you got to do things his ways. If you want what the world offers, then you're going to get what, then you got to, then you'll do things the world's way, right? Like you've got to assimilate one way or the other. Become like. Either become more like Jesus or become more like the world. That, that is your choice. But for us, we've got to live out its truths. And how do we know its truths? Well, here's some simple sub points. You got to listen to God's word. That's how you can know what, what's in that Bible. Listen to it. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are here on a Sunday morning listening to it right now. Well done. 
but I'm going to go a step further, and it's going to sound like I have like my own personal agenda at, at play here, and I don't. I promise you I'm not trying to build my church. I'm trying to build you, but there's quite a bit of you that, that this is quite a bit of you. There's some of us that, that don't make Sunday mornings a priority, hearing the word of God. We don't make space for it in our lives. We're like, well, if I can get there, I'll get there. It's just not a priority for me. Now, you know, the, you know how I feel in my heart. It doesn't have to be here. It just needs to be somewhere. But you need to hear God's word being preached. God has anointed and put people in position to be able to do that. He's appointed pastors. He's given them as gifts to the body to do that. So that you can hear the word. Why is it important for you to hear? Well, let's go to scripture. Faith is what you need for God's work to, 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 for God's word to work in your life. And Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You need to hear it preached. You need to hear it. That's when faith will show up. So don't miss Sundays. And when you come, don't just be here. Jesus talked about the way that we listen to things, too. He was telling a parable. And he was like, hey, listen carefully. Or consider carefully how you listen. So, like, you know, engage. Take notes. Pay attention. Listen. Consider how you're listening. Like, I know you're here but are you here? Are you present? Are you listening to what's being said? Well, we do our best to make it engaging, but you have to do your part to engage with it as well. Amen, everybody? So get here to hear God's word, and if you have to miss, make sure you make it a priority somewhere in your life, that it's on your schedule, but it's in, if your schedule won't allow it, that it's in your heart to, to tune in. Our messages are broadcast for you. You can listen to them. You can watch them. They're available, but make it a priority to hear God's word regularly in, in your life. The second way you can know God's truth is by reading God's word. That may seem too obvious to you, but, but you can actually read it. Spend time doing that. It has everything in there that you absolutely need. You're like, my goodness, Aaron. If you look at a Bible, there's a whole lot of pages, thousands. And they're double-columned and small print. Yep, there's a lot. But you can get through it the, way, the same way you eat an elephant. It's a, a little bit at a time, right? Six small bites daily, little bits at a time, and you'll get through your Bible. I don't expect you to have it all memorized. I don't have it all memorized. But God's word is alive in a way that, that if you'll just give attention to it on a regular basis, on, on, a, on a regular basis, it'll make a difference in your life. Jesus answered them in Matthew 4, 4 and said, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's important that this feeds you on a regular basis. You can't just, just feed yourself food and feel like you're going to be all right. You need to feed yourself God's word. Well, how do you do that? Some simple, super simple and practical things here. I'm going to recommend you get a paper Bible. Digital Bible that you have on your phone is everybody's Bible. You need a Bible. There is some studies are showing that it's true that you will retain more when you read a paper book. Because when you read in a paper book, there's some muscle memory to it. You know about where it was in a book. You make it easier to find, make it easier to reference. And when you're using digital stuff and you're reading on those e-readers or on your phone, there's all kinds of temptations to, to, to trail off towards TikTok and Facebook and just to lose your life. So, so get a paper Bible. I don't care if you use like, like a, a, you know, a digital resource for your daily reading, but, but, but read it in your Bible. Mark it up. Write in it. Let it be yours. Let it be your Bible. It'll make a difference for you. Second thing, set aside a time. Set aside a time. I don't care if it's a certain time of day, like 6 a.m., if you put a time on it, or if it's just that you know you need 15 minutes in order to read your Bible. 
So if it takes you 30 minutes to get ready before you leave the house, then you need to add 15 minutes onto that time. So get up, make it a priority. I don't care if you get up at 9 a.m., whatever time, but make it that first 15 minutes a priority for you. It'll change your day, it'll change your week. Just try it. And then have a plan. I know people, and I was guilty of this too, and generally this is a desperation cry, but we grab our Bibles and we hold it up by its spine and we just flip it open. Lord, I need something. I need something right now. We slap our finger on a page and say, and we read what it says. And, you know, sometimes that works. Sometimes you get what you need. God's faithful that way. But I would tell you a plan is much better. On our Simple Church app, we have the one-year Bible, but there's tons of Bible apps out there, and you can get a plan. Whether it's to read through the Bible in a whole year or just read through the Gospels throughout the year. There's plans. Pick a plan. Stick to it. Honor that plan. I usually do the one-year Bible. This year, I'm doing the chronological Bible. I'm reading the Bible the way it was the timeline because it's not laid out that way in the book, you know? I'm, I'm trying something new, switching it up. My routine keeps me on my toes, and it's really interesting to see where, where things are laid out in your Bible. Just pick a plan. And then can I tell you, once you get a plan, if you miss a few days, don't let that hang over your head like, oh, man, I need to read my Bible, but I've got three days of reading to do. <sighs> that feels overwhelming. Just know that you'll catch them next year. You'll, you'll catch them another time. Just do what you can today. Do today's reading. Amen, everybody? All right, let's move on. Keep going. So, so have a plan, and then don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. That's super important. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you because it's alive. The Bible has been referred to. Paul refers to it like a mirror, like we see our reflection. Before you read, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Give me one verse. Give me something today from all these verses that will inspire me, correct me, lead me, challenge me, convict me, encourage me, bless me, whatever. Do, do whatever you need to do today. Speak to me. Give me one verse that will touch my heart today from, the, from this whole thing. And I, and I allow that, that one verse, and only one verse, whatever jumps out at me on those pages, to touch my heart and, and to be that thing that I meditate on that day. So if we want to get to know God's word and live it out, we need to listen to it, we need to read it, and we need to explore it. And I'm going to tell you the best way to explore God's word is to study it. And I'll teach you how to study it in the fourth message in this series. But, but the best way to study it is with other people. That's why you need a group. The grow, the grow groups that are going to launch here at the end of the month are fantastic for this. Because as you're reading through God's word, you come on something that, that you're like, man, I really want to get this. How are you guys living this out? What difference has this made in your life? What does this mean to you? That's the best way to explore it with other people. You need a group. Some of you need to lead a group. You can do that. You can stop by the Connect Center today, and, and they'll have somebody there. His name's Elliot. Elliot would love to get you connected to the process of leading a group. You can do it. A lot of our resources are pretty simple. You can just hit play on the resource, and it plays a DVD, and then you all talk about it. It's fun. But, but I believe in you. I believe you can lead a group. So, so stop by. Take the step. But, but get into a group so that you can have the miracle of this verse happen. That, that Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, when you pay attention to God's word, when you're listening to it, when you're reading it, when you're meditating on it, when you're talking about it in your group, something happens that it starts getting in you. Because if we're honest, there's areas in our lives that we keep coming back to over and over again. We keep sinning in the same way, and we're confused why. We need God's word hidden in our heart. And, and when you do these things, it changes you. If you want to stop struggling, give attention to this. Give, it, give attention to this. 
So we put them all together. You listen, you read, and you explore it. It'll change you. You'll have the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. And as you get to know how to live out God's word, this is the last thing, and I'm going to talk more about this in the coming weeks, but you got to apply its principles. You have to apply its principles. James 1.22 says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Listen, I think we're a generation of people that are way educated beyond our level of obedience. We know lots of stuff, and that makes us feel really proud that we know information. But how we live it out, whether we respond to it, whether we apply it, is the key. Knowledge is not the important thing. Your application of that knowledge is what demonstrates wisdom. So we need to apply it to our lives. In God's word, there's something in there for every situation in your life. It's not just a Sunday thing or a quiet time thing. It's in everything. God's word is available and it's good for everything you're going through. For example, I set these goals this year. I'm just going to be transparent with you. I set my goals this year. And I said, Lord, I got this list. My wife and I have a list. I got my word for the year. I'm praying over and asking God to help me do it. And I have this overwhelming, looming sense of despair and defeat. Because some of the things on that list are things that have been on the list for years. Right? And they feel like, oh, man, I've, I failed at that before. I'm not going to be able to do that this year. And I said, I'm not doing that this year. This year's going to be different. And I went and I found a, I found a verse. I'm going to share with you my verse, and then I'm going to close. But I found Ephesians 3.20. that said, now all glory to God who is able. Because if I'm being honest, I was feeling a little unable. But God's able. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. So I just say within me. Because he's at work within me. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Every plan I've got, Every plan I've laid, goals I've got, God's able to do way more than I can ever imagine. Way more than I can ever ask him to do. Way more than I can ever think. And so I'm standing on God's word. I'm applying it to my life that though my fears and concerns and my heart is telling me one thing, God's word says something very, very different. And I'm declaring that over my life. I'm saying this is what's true about me because God's word has the power to do what it says. It has the power in it. It is alive, and I want this book to come alive for you so bad. And I promise you, if you'll give me the next few weeks, God will stir that love in your heart. He'll give you that passion. You'll learn to love it, to, le- to learn it as well, and to live it. And this will be the best year of your life. I promise you. Amen, everybody? Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that you would give us a love and a passion for your word in 2020. I pray that you would help us just to accept it, even without understanding that your word is supreme, that you are the final authority on all things, above all opinions, above all trends, above all thoughts and feelings. Your word is supreme. Help us to get into it and grow in it as we read it, as we listen to it, as we apply it to our lives, as we talk about it in our groups. Holy Spirit, just let that word jump off that page and become revealed to us. As we meditate on it, let it become alive. Let it transform us in only a way that you can. Now, for those of you that are here in this room, maybe God is tugging on your heart a little bit, and we're still in this moment of prayer. Maybe God's tugging on your heart. 
Maybe the issue is that you feel distant from him. And you're not really sure how to rectify that. Maybe that's been the thing that's overshadowed you for years. Maybe that's been the thing that's, that's made 2019 a difficult year. Maybe the years prior to is this absence of not being connected to what you were made for. You were made to enjoy a relationship with God. You were made to know him and to walk in fellowship with him. But unfortunately, our sin separates us from God. And there's nothing we can do about that. And God knew that. That's why he gave us his son, Jesus. To live a perfect, sinless life and to lay his life down willingly to die on a cross. So that we could be forgiven. So that that gap, that distance that we feel between us and God could be bridged. So that we could know him, be in relationship with him. So if you're here today and you feel God talking at your heart, like it's time. It's time for 2020 to be a different year. It, it, it's time to invest in your spirit life. Whether you know everything about it, whether you know how to live it out perfectly or not, you're ready to accept it and ready to go forward. And if that's you and you're here, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And you, and you can pray along with me. And if that's you and you're going to do that today, would you just slip up your hand right now and say, Aaron, that's me. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Church, everybody prays out loud. Let's everybody pray out loud so nobody's praying alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Give me a love for your word. And show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.